Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Russian missiles hit a nuclear power plant. The fire is out. One of six reactors are operating with Ukraine's president pleading for help from allies as he warns of potential nuclear disaster. The exodus from Ukraine is the largest and it's the most swift the world has seen this century. The committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol is accusing former President Trump of criminal liability. As the Ukraine crisis lingers, prices at the gas pumps tick up with the White House insisting they have the situation under control. New York City's mayor and New York City's top cop have no date for the delayed rollout of the NYPD's anti-gun violence unit as crime soars. After fierce fighting, the state nuclear regulatory inspectorate of Ukraine says Europe's largest nuclear reactor is under control. Ukraine President Zelensky has accused Russian President Putin of nuclear terror after the plant was set on fire by shelling. Only one of six nuclear reactors at the Zaporza plant is working. The other five are disconnected or they are being cooled. A U.N. representative for Ukraine warned Russia was preparing to attack the plant. Distinguished delegates, we all remember and commemorate every year what happened in Chernobyl almost 36 years ago. Let us not repeat the catastrophe, the extent of which goes way beyond the territory of Ukraine. The International Atomic Energy Agency says there is no increase in radiation levels. Ukrainian President Zelensky has implored allies for help warning of nuclear disaster. Russia's war on Ukraine has produced the largest and fastest exit this century. Over a million people have fled with evacuations continuing. I have just left with children. If there were no children with me, I will uh, stay with my husband. The U.N. Refugee Agency says the swift exodus rivals that of the Syrian exodus, which uh, began in 2011 when Russia bombarded Syria. The European Union, the EU, decided Thursday to grant people fleeing Ukraine temporary protection and residency permits. Up to four million refugees are expected to arrive in Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, Romania and Moldovan border towns. Former President Donald Trump being accused of engaging in a criminal conspiracy by the committee investigating the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. The committee says it has evidence that Trump and its allies allegedly tried to block Congress from certifying the election. Trump had repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. 
These prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They're racists and they're very sick. They're mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights by the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. The committee is filing in response to a lawsuit brought by right-wing attorney John Eastman, who advised Trump in his final weeks in office. Eastman has refused to provide documents to the committee and invoked attorney-client privilege. The committee's filing is significant because it is the first time the committee has laid out a potential criminal case against Trump. Pain at the pumps continues as oil prices rise due to the Russian war on Ukraine. Prices at the pumps are expected to continue to climb. According to data from AAA, the price of a gallon of gas increased 26 cents in February to $3.61, and that is up almost $1 from a year ago. Gas Buddy says motorists are paying an average $4.50 a gallon in U.S. states with the priciest fuel. Despite this, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden will work hard to alleviate the stress. The president is going to do everything we can to reduce the impact, uh, to make sure that we are working with our partners around the world to address the volatility in the global oil markets, to consider a range of options that he can continue to take to uh, reduce the impact that they're feeling at the pump. In San Francisco, gas hit $5 a gallon on Thursday. 77 WABC Time Check 507. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Good morning, Deb. Well, looking quiet in Jersey right now. Inbound, upper and low level GWB as well as the Lincoln and Holland Tunnel all looking pretty good right now. Heading over to the island and comic on the LIE westbound between exit 53 and Route 110. We've got some road construction taking out two lanes over there. There's also some road work uh, in Freeport on the Sunrise Highway eastbound between Buffalo Avenue and Troy Place. That's also taken out another two lanes. Over to Hudson Valley and the New York State Thruway I-87 northbound at exit 1. That off-ramp is still closed due to emergency water main repairs. Heading on to Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point. There's a, a that's closed in both directions due to some weather-related slide hazards. So 9W, your best alternate around that. Headed over to the city, and the left lane is blocked on the FDR Drive southbound at 71st Street. Stop back traffic all the way up to 79 due to an accident. This is some fire department activity. Excuse me. Also got some road construction closing the right lane on the Deegan Expressway southbound between Van Cortland Park and West 230th Street. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank. Diaz with traffic on the sevens for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today are high near 39. The wind chill 15 to 25. The overnight lows 30, partly cloudy skies and a mostly cloudy day tomorrow. The high near 46. And continuing with your stories, your top five at five, your fifth story. No target date from New York City Mayor Eric Adams or the police commissioner as to when the NYPD's new anti-gun violence units will hit the streets. The delay as crime increases and gun arrests are down. Here's Adams making the announcement about the anti-crime unit back in January. We will launch these additional teams in the next three weeks with deep focus on 30 precincts where 80% of violence occurs. As of Sunday, police have made 770 firearms arrests in 2022, and that is down 12 percent over last year. Adams has put the responsibility for rolling out the neighborhood safety teams on NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell. 
She's dismissed reporters' questions about the timeline of the rollout for weeks. NYPD data shows crime surpassing pre-pandemic levels, murders, carjackings, robberies, felony assaults, and burglaries all up. 77 WABC Time Check 509. There is more aid in the pike for war-torn Ukraine. The Biden administration is asking Congress to okay another $10 billion to help protect Ukraine and $22.5 billion to cover pandemic-related expenses. The allocations are in a planned budget agreement that Congress is trying to finish before a March 11th deadline. Here's Democratic Montana Senator John Tester on Newsy. I will do everything under my authority as chairman of the Defense Subcommittee on Appropriations to make sure that we do right by Ukraine. These folks are putting up a heck of a fight, and, uh, and we need to support them. The aid to Ukraine is to cover additional humanitarian security and economic assistance in Ukraine and the neighboring region. The Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th riot issued a subpoena Thursday to Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's Donald Trump Jr.'s fiance. The subpoena asks for information related to last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol. Guilfoyle is also a former Trump campaign aide. The MAGA movement is alive and well. We will show the Democrats firsthand that elections have consequences when we win a record number of seats in the midterms, and that is just step one. Step two is reclaiming the White House and returning President Trump to the Oval Office. Guilfoyle voluntarily made a virtual appearance before the committee last month. It quickly went downhill, though. Her attorney, Joseph Tacopina, argued Members of the panel broke the terms of their agreement to have only staff lawyers present for the interview. Meanwhile, Ivanka Trump is currently in talks with the committee to voluntarily participate in an interview. President Joe Biden suggested the Capitol riot inspired Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine and divide the West and then falsely claimed rioters killed five cops on January 6th. They're alone. And they did what they did, in my view. He did what he did because he thought he could split NATO, split Europe, and split the United States. We're going to demonstrate to the whole world, no one can split this country. One Capitol cop died of a stroke a day after the January 6th riot. Four others killed themselves in the aftermath of the riot. Biden made the comments in Wisconsin after using his State of the Union speech to praise Ukraine's resistance to the Russian invasion. A COVID-19 endemic prediction from a former FDA director, Scott Gottlieb. He thinks America will have a normal spring and summer without COVID surges. Gottlieb praised the White House's plans to increase the supply of COVID tests and build back better ventilation in schools. Here's Gottlieb on CNBC. So, you know, the criticism you could say is, well, why didn't the administration do this six months ago? Uh, but we learned a lot along the way, and they're doing it now. And so I, I just give them credit for the fact that they've laid out a comprehensive vision for how we're going to deal with this in the long run. And we do have time, hopefully, to get these things in place. Around the U.S., COVID cases are down 25 percent in the past week. They're down 93 percent since Omicron's peak in mid-January. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky dared Russia's president to meet with him Thursday, saying that I don't bite as Vladimir Putin vowed to continue his deadly invasion of Ukraine. 
During a news conference in Ukraine's capital city, Kiev, Zelensky repeatedly taunted Putin, even mocking the Russian president's penchant for conducting meetings at the opposite ends of extremely long tables. I'm a normal guy. Sit down with me and talk. What are you afraid of? No response, though, from Putin to Zelensky's request. Putin met with his National Security Council Thursday, insisting Russia's invasion of Ukraine is proceeding without a hitch. French President Emmanuel Macron spoke with Russia's president for 90 minutes on Thursday. Afterwards, Macron predicted the worst is yet to come in Ukraine. The Washington Post reported that a senior French official said the conversation between the two world leaders did not yield any diplomatic progress. The official said Putin was determined to carry out the ongoing war in Ukraine till the end. The International Criminal Court on Wednesday announced that it is launching an investigation into potential war crimes in Ukraine. Iran has increased its stockpile of enriched uranium, according to the U.N. International Atomic Energy Agency. Uranium can be used for development of nuclear weapons. The revelation comes ahead of planned talks later this month on returning to the 2015 Iranian nuclear agreement. Iran has enriched at least 39 pounds of uranium to a purity of 60 percent. That's a level considered highly enriched and close to nuclear weapon development capabilities, according to the Associated Press. Again, I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News, 77 WABC Time Check 515. Justin Ellick. At the sports desk. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Yes, that is my name. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Let us begin today on the Barclays Center Hardwood, where the Nets hosted the Eastern Conference top dogs in the Miami Heat. At long last, the struggling Nets get some much-needed reinforcements in the form of Kevin Durant, who netted 31 points in his return to the floor. At the jump, it looked like KD had injected some new life into the rest of his squad as Brooklyn took a seven-point lead into the locker room at halftime. That energy would fizzle and fade, though, as Miami didn't get to the top of the Eastern Conference by rolling over with two quarters to play. Tyler Tyler Hero's 27 points and Bam Adebayo's 30 propelled the Heat to a big second half as they prevail by a prevail. Excuse me, by a score of 113 to 107. The Nets play next in Boston Sunday afternoon against the Celtics. Quick check in on the Knickerbockers as well here. They'll be in Phoenix tonight for a late night tip with the Suns. That's set for 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Now for the lone ice hockey game we got last night between the Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks. A tight bout all the way through that was twisted at two heading into the third frame. Two, two Vancouver goals in the third put the Isles away for good on their home ice. 4-3 to three is your final score from Elmont. The Islanders will have a chance to bounce back tomorrow afternoon when they welcome the St. Louis Blues to town. As for the Devils and Rangers, they'll go head-to-head this evening at the Garden at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Here with their early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. <laughs> Hey, Deb. Well, it's still looking pretty quiet coming in from Jersey right now. Inbound upper and lower level of the GWB, Lincoln and Holland, all looking pretty good. Over to the island and Comic on the LIE. Uh, westbound between exit 53 and Route 110, we still got the construction over the lanes. Over to Hudson Valley and the New York State Thruway, I-87 northbound exit 1. That off-ramp still closed due to emergency water main repairs. 
Also, Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point will close in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards, so 9W is your best way around that. Heading into the city, we got some construction in the Bron- on the Cross Bronx Expressway south there between 3rd Avenue and Webster Avenue. We got some stop traffic all the way back to the Bronx River Parkway because of construction taking out two lanes over there. Still got that left lane block on the FDR Drive southbound at 71st Street because of the car fire that happened earlier. Also, some more construction heading over to the Deegan on I uh, excuse me Deegan southbound between Van Cortland Park and 230th. There's uh, some construction over there as well. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz of Traffic for 77 WABC. And taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, a high near 39. The wind chill 15 to 25. Overnight, the lows 30. Partly cloudy skies. Mostly cloudy day Saturday. The highs up to 46, though. Right now, 21 degrees. Clear skies in Manhattan. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. At the closing bell yesterday, the Dow Jones lost 97 points, the S&P 500 lost 23, and the Nasdaq fell 214 points. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell warned that Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has already driven up oil prices, will likely further magnify the high inflation that has engulfed the U.S. economy. At the same time, Powell said he's committed to doing whatever it will take to slow inflation, underscoring the Fed's high-risk challenge in raising interest rates enough to stem price increases without tipping the economy into another recession. The Ito M5, the first car with Huawei's Harmony OS operating system, is set to begin deliveries at a ceremony on Saturday in Shanghai, according to an announcement on social media. Huawei has emphasized it will not make cars on its own, rather working with auto manufacturers on autonomous driving and other technology. The Ito M5 comes with a fuel tank to extend the battery's driving range and costs slightly less than Tesla's Model Y in China. And finally, Purdue Pharma reached a nationwide settlement yesterday over its role in the opioid crisis, with the Sackler family members who own the company boosting their cash contribution to as much as $6 billion in a deal intended to staunch a flow of lawsuits facing the maker of OxyContin. The deal follows an earlier settlement that had been appealed by eight states and the District of Columbia. They agreed to sign on after the Sacklers kicked in more cash and accepted other terms. In exchange, the family would be protected from civil lawsuits. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the Cats Roundtable. Thank you, Frank. Looking at Dow Futures this morning... They are in the red. The Dow at 33,467, down 271 points. S&P 500 down 35. NASDAQ has fallen 112. Gold up $10.60 an ounce to $1,946.50. Crude is up as well, $1.43, to $109.10 a barrel. The WABC Early News. All right, good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with your Early News. Well, a judge has rejected an effort by New York's attorney general to put the National Rifle Association out of business. The judge did allow, but will allow, a Letitia James lawsuit, according to top executives, of illegally diverting tens of millions of dollars from the powerful gun advocacy organization to proceed. Here's James back in 2020 announcing the lawsuit. These individuals in the NRA are charged with failing to manage the NRA's funds and failing 
to follow numerous state and federal laws which contributed to the loss of more than $64 million in just three years. Manhattan Judge Joel M. Cohen said allegations of misspending by NRA officials did not warrant the corporate death penalty that James sought. James accuses the NRA, its leader and top executives of greed and lax financial oversight. A lot of black New York City residents hospitalized during the Omicron surge was more than two times higher than that for whites. An analysis by the New York City Health Department finds the racial disparity in the hospitalization rate was higher during the Omicron surge than during previous outbreaks. Dr. Dave Choksi is New York City's health commissioner. We won't be comfortable until we see uh, the numbers um, go in two directions. First, vaccination rates have to continue uh, to climb higher. And second, I want to see our case and hospitalization numbers decline further. The majority of people hospitalized for COVID-19 are non-vaccinated black individuals with lower vaccination and booster rates. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, admits it's a changed society due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The governor admits the pandemic has likely killed the traditional schedule of commuting to the office five days a week. Despite the admission, Governor Hochul is urging a return in office for in-office work to try and spur economic recovery. And the governor says the decline of COVID-19 and the lifting of mask mandates should encourage commuting and in-office work. Well, February was the deadliest month in New York City for traffic deaths since 2008 with running of red lights on the increase. A new report from advocacy group Transportation Alternatives finds a total of 23 pedestrians, cyclists, and motor vehicle users died on New York City streets last month. Now, that's double the rate from a year ago. According to this report, red light violations were up 50% in the second half of 2021 compared to 2019. The New York State Legislature has capped the number of red light cameras at 150 and allows speed cameras to be only installed near schools, which turn off at night. A homeless man arrested on suspicion of racist attacks on seven Asian women in New York City within a span of two hours. 28-year-old Stephen Zajonk was arrested Wednesday in connection with the February 27th attacks. He barricaded himself inside of a bathroom at the New York Public Library, resulting in a standoff with police. He hurled N-words at cops during his arrest. The man is charged with assault as a hate crime, attempted assault as a hate crime, aggravated harassment and harassment. Only one of the women attacked who are 19 to 57 years in age required medical attention at a hospital. Zajonk's own mother reportedly also has a restraining order against her own son. The NYPD arrested a knife-wielding strap hanger who slashed another man who accidentally bumped into him at a Greenwich Village subway station Sunday. It is the latest in a string of subway violence. The suspect's been identified as 42-year-old Gabriel Hildago. Startling video released by the police captured the moment held large knife and lunged at a group of men on the stairs, slashing a 28-year-old man. The incident happened about 8 p.m. Sunday at the West 4th Street, Washington Square subway station in Manhattan. 
Police say the victim was treated at the scene for a minor cut to his hand. And you can see that video on our website, wabcradio.com. The career criminal charged in the Bronx feces attack bragged on social media about getting out of jail with no bail twice. 37-year-old Frank Abraqua also boasted that he'd shoot anything he could get his effing hands on. The, the PC scenario, you know, I don't want to sound educated. I want to sound as dumb as possible. The, the feces, that scenario, right, should keep every female in their right mind away from me. Abraqua arrested for the February 21st attack in which he allegedly smeared his feces on a woman on a subway platform in the Bronx after she rebuffed him. Abraqua was released in connection with the feces attack and in connection with a second arrest on hate crime charges because state law prohibits cash bail from being set on any of the charges. Calls for bail reform have been rejected by state lawmakers in Albany, New York. 77 WABC time check coming up on 527. Frank Diaz, busy at the traffic desk. Hey, Deb. Well, it's still looking pretty quiet right now in Jersey, upper level, lower level of the GWB, Lincoln Tunnel, and Holland Tunnel, all looking pretty good right now. The Island Comic on the LIE westbound between exit 53 and uh, Route 110. We've still got some construction closing off those two lanes over there. Over to Hudson Valley on the New York State Thruway on I-87 northbound at exit 1. That off-ramp closed due to emergency water main repairs. Also, Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point is closed in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards. So 9W, your best way around that. Heading into the city, that uh, construction that was on the Cross Bronx uh, southbound between 3rd Avenue and Webster Avenue, that's been uh, cleared away, so you're good to go over there. We, we still got that left lane blocked on the FDR Drive southbound at 71st because of that car fire that happened earlier. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz for 77 WABC. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a nice day. Sunshine are high up to 39. The wind chill, though, will make it feel like 15 to 25. Overnight, partly cloudy skies, the low dips to 30. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy day, but a bit warmer, the high near 46. Right now in Manhattan, 21 degrees under mostly clear skies. 77 WABC time check coming up to 528. Continuing with your early news, the Israeli manufacturer and distributor Fort Ben & Jerry said yesterday that it is suing the ice cream maker and its parent company, Unilever, for unlawfully terminating their business relationship. Last summer, you might remember, Ben & Jerry's announced that it will no longer sell its products in the occupied Palestinian territory, apparently referring to West Bank settlements and East Jerusalem. The Israeli distributor refused to comply, saying the move was illegal in Israel and the U.S., so Ben & Jerry said it will not renew the Israeli licensees agreement at the end of 2022 effectively ending the business relationship. The boycott announcement came after a heavy pressure campaign from anti-Israel and progressive activists. 77 WABC time check 529. We'll be back with more early news right after this. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC early news on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News, and perhaps welcome back. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather, and here is everything you need to know. It's the top five at 530. 
Russian missiles hit a nuclear power plant. The fire's out. One of six reactors is operating with Ukraine's president pleading for help from allies as he warns of potential nuclear disaster. The exodus from Ukraine is the largest and most swift the world has seen this century. The committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol is accusing former President Trump of criminal liability. As the Ukraine crisis lingers, prices at the gas pumps tick up, with the White House insisting they have the situation under control. New York City's mayor and New York City's top cop have a no date for the delayed rollout of the NYPD's new anti-gun violence unit as crime soars. After fierce fighting, the state nuclear regulatory inspectorate of Ukraine says Europe's largest nuclear reactor is under control. Ukraine President Zelensky has accused Russian President Putin of nuclear terror after the plant was set on fire by shelling. Only one of six nuclear reactors at the Zapora plant is working this morning. The other five are disconnected and they're being cooled. A U.N. representative for Ukraine warned Russia was preparing to attack the plant. Distinguished delegates, we all remember and commemorate every year what happened in Chernobyl almost 36 years ago. Let us not repeat the catastrophe, the extent of which goes way beyond the territory of Ukraine. The International Atomic Energy Agency says there's no increase in radiation levels this morning. Ukrainian President Zelensky has implored allies for help, warning of nuclear disaster. Russia's war on Ukraine has produced the largest and fastest exodus this century. Over one million people have fled with evacuations continuing. I have just left with children. If there were no children with me, I will uh, stay with my husband. The U.N. Refugee Agency says the swift exodus rivals that of the Syrian exodus, which began in 2011 when Russia bombarded Syria. The European Union decided Thursday to grant people fleeing Ukraine temporary protection and residency permits. Up to four million refugees are expected to arrive in Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, Romania and Moldovan border towns. Former President Donald Trump is being accused of engaging in a criminal conspiracy by the committee investigating the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. The committee says it has evidence that Trump and his allies allegedly tried to block Congress from certifying the election. Trump had repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. These prosecutors are vicious, horrible people. They're racists and they're very sick. They're mentally sick. They're going after me without any protection of my rights by the Supreme Court or most other courts. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way. That's what they're after. The committee's filing is in response to a lawsuit brought by right-wing attorney John Eastman, who advised Trump in his final weeks in office. Eastman has refused to provide documents to the committee and invoked attorney-client privilege. The committee's filing is significant because it is the first time the committee has laid out a potential criminal case against Trump. 
Pain at the pumps says oil prices rise due to the Russian war on Ukraine. Prices at the pumps are expected to continue to climb. According to data from AAA, the price of a gallon of gas increased 26 cents in February to $3.61. That's up almost $1 from a year ago. GasBuddy says motorists are paying an average $4.50 a gallon in U.S. states with the priciest fuel. Despite this, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden will work hard to alleviate the stress. The president is going to do everything we can to reduce the impact, uh, to make sure that we are working with our partners around the world to address the volatility in the global oil markets, to consider a range of options that he can continue to take to uh, reduce the impact that they're feeling at the pump. In San Francisco, gas hit five bucks a gallon on Thursday. There is no target date from New York City Mayor Eric Adams or the police commissioner as to when the NYPD's new anti-gun violence units will hit the streets. The delay as crime increases and gun arrests are down. Here's Adams making the announcement about the anti-crime unit back in January. We will launch these additional teams in the next three weeks with deep focus on 30 precincts where 80 percent of violence occurs. As of Sunday, police have made 770 firearms arrests this year. Now, that's down 12 percent over last year. Adams has put the responsibility for rolling out the neighborhood safety teams on NYPD Commissioner Keechan Sewell. She's dismissed reporters' questions about the timeline of the rollout for weeks. NYPD data shows crime surpassing pre-pandemic levels, murders, carjackings, robberies, felony assaults and burglaries all up. 77 WABC time check, 537. Frank Diaz has traffic and transit. Hey, Deb. Well, we're starting to see some delays in Brooklyn on the BQE eastbound between Hamilton Avenue and Cabinet Plaza. We also still have that uh, left lane, excuse me, uh, the FDR Drive on uh, near 71st Street on both sides. There's some stop traffic over there uh, near 79th due to a fatal car fire that happened earlier. Also inbound, upper and lower level, as well as Lincoln and Holland Tunnel looking pretty good right now. Heading to the Island Comic, LIE westbound between exit 53 and Route 110. we got some construction blocking two lanes. Also some road construction uh, closing two lanes in Freeport on the Sunrise Highway eastbound between Buffalo Avenue and Troy Place. Heading up to Hudson Valley on the New York State Thruway, I-87 northbound at exit 1. That off-ramp's closed due to emergency water main repairs. Also Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point closed in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards. Or 9W, your best way around that. No major transit delays at the moment alternate side parking rules are in effect i'm frank diaz at traffic on the sevens for 77 wabc your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center sunshine today are high up to 39 the wind chill 15 to 25 overnight the low down to 30 partly cloudy skies saturday mostly cloudy but a bit warmer the high near 46 right now we're holding steady at 21 degrees mostly clear skies in manhattan A former U.S. Attorney General William Barr and then-President Donald Trump became furious after Barr told him there was no evidence that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Here he is on NBC with Lester Holt. People really started going after me when they saw that I uh, was not going to take the rubbish that was the Russiagate pseudo-scandal. I was going to deal with it. The sit-down with Holt is Barr's first televised interview since he stepped down as AG in late December 2020. Barr also publishing a new book for which he has been criticized about profiting from about his time in the Trump administration. The interview, part of a primetime special airing this Sunday 
at 9 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Mexican smuggling games, uh, gangs have sawed through new segments of the border wall over 3,000 times over the past three years. This according to unpublished U.S. Customs and Border Protection maintenance records. The records were obtained by the Washington Post under the Freedom of Information Act. The CBP records show that the government spent $2.6 million to repair the breaches over two years, 2019 to 2021. More than 38 million Americans tuned into President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on Tuesday night. The ratings are the lowest, the lowest viewing figures for a commander in chief's first State of the Union in at least three decades. Ukrainian ambassador to the United States is here tonight sitting with the first lady. Let each of us, if you're able to stand, stand and send an unmistakable signal to the world. Ukraine. According to Nielsen Media Research, 27.4 million households watched Biden's hour-long address live. In contrast, Donald Trump's first official State of the Union speech in 2018 garnered a 26.9 rating with an estimated 45.5 million viewers tuning in. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain gave President Joe Biden grade A marks for his fitness in a post-State of the Union interview on Wednesday. Klain told billionaire philanthropist David Rubenstein Biden being the oldest U.S. president ever is not holding him back. So I think his fitness, his vigor uh, is beyond question. Uh, People see him on the job every day, uh, and what they see is a person who's fully capable of doing the job, fully vigorous and great mental and physical health, uh, and taking on the burdens of the office and executing them well. Biden had one noticeable slip-up during the one-hour, one-minute, and 49-second speech, accidentally referring to the Ukrainians as Iranians. Polling from ABC News and The Washington Post released on Sunday found that 54% of Americans said they did not believe Biden had the mental sharpness to serve effectively. 40% said he did. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky dared Russia's president to meet with him on Thursday, saying that I don't bite as Vladimir Putin vowed to continue his deadly invasion of Ukraine. During a news conference in Ukraine's capital city, Kiev, Zelensky repeatedly taunted Putin, even mocking the Russian president's penchant for conducting meetings at the opposite ends of extremely long tables. I'm a normal guy. Sit down with me and talk. What are you afraid of? No response, though, from Putin to Zelensky's request. Putin, though, met with his National Security Council Thursday, insisting Russia's invasion of Ukraine is proceeding without a hitch. French President Emmanuel Macron spoke with Russia's president for some 90 minutes Thursday. And afterwards, Macron predicted the worst is yet to come in Ukraine. The Washington Post reported that a senior French official said the conversation between the two world leaders did not yield any diplomatic progress. The official said Putin was determined to carry out the ongoing war in Ukraine till the end. The International Criminal Court Wednesday announced that it is launching an investigation into potential war crimes in Ukraine. Iran has increased its stockpile of enriched uranium. That's according to the U.N. International Atomic Energy Agency. Uranium can be used for the development of nuclear weapons. 
This revelation comes ahead of planned talks later this month on returning to the 2015 Iran nuclear agreement. Iran has enriched at least 39 pounds of uranium to a purity of 60 percent. That's a level considered highly enriched and close to nuclear weapon development capabilities, according to the AP, that's the Associated Press. The U.N. agency could not, though, verify exactly how big of a stockpile Iran has. The nation has locked the IAEA out of its nuclear facilities, denying them access to things like surveillance footage and cameras. That's been in place since February. Again, I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. WABC Time Check is 545. Taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Sunshine today are high near 39. The wind chill value between 15 and 25. The overnight low is 30 with partly cloudy skies. Bit warmer tomorrow, a high near 46 with mostly cloudy skies. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Frank has a look at traffic and transit. Oh, instead, we're going to go to Justin Alec, who just popped into the studio. How about that, Deb? How about that? I'm very quick with it. You know, they say timing's everything there, Justin. You know, I wish the printer worked a little quicker, as oh, quick as I do. Oh, well, absolutely. Let's work on that. <laughs> so I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. Let us begin today on the Barclays Center Hardwood where the Nets hosted the Eastern Conference top dogs in the Miami Heat. At long last, the struggling Nets get some much-needed reinforcements in the form of Kevin Durant, who netted 31 points in his return to the floor. At the jump, it looked like KD had injected some new life into the rest of his squad as Brooklyn took a seven-point lead into the locker room at halftime. That energy would fizzle and fade, though, as Miami didn't get to the top of the Eastern Conference by rolling over with two quarters to play. Tyler Hero's 27 points and Bam Adebayo's 30 propelled the Heat to a big second half as they prevail by a score of 113-107. to The Nets play next in Boston Sunday afternoon against the Celtics. Quick check-in on the Knickerbockers as well here. They'll be in Phoenix tonight for a late-night tip with the Suns. That's set for 10 p.m. Eastern time. Now for the lone ice hockey game we got last night between the Islanders and the Vancouver Canucks. A tight bout all the way through. That was twisted at two heading into the third frame. And then two Vancouver goals in the third put the Isles away for good on their home ice. 4-3 to three is your final score from Elmont. The Islanders will have a chance to bounce back tomorrow afternoon when they welcome the St. Louis Blues to town. As for the Devils and Rangers, look out for that head-to-head bout this evening at the Garden at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That should be an interesting watch. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, Justin, and let's head over to the traffic desk now with Frank Diaz. Hey, Deb. Well, in the city, we still have the FDR Drive blocked on both sides near uh, 79th Street due to that fatal car fire that happened earlier. We also got an accident blocking one lane on the Bruckner Expressway westbound after the Bronx River Parkway, so we got some stop traffic all the way back to White Plains Road. Inbound upper and uh, lower level, George Washington Bridge looking pretty good, as well as the Lincoln and Holland Tunnel right now. Over to the island, starting to see some traffic pick up on the LIE westbound all the way back to exit 63. In Comic on the LIE westbound between 53 and Route 10, we also got some construction closing two lanes over there. Heading up into Hudson Valley on the New York State Thruway, I-87 northbound at exit 1. That off-ramp is closed due to emergency water main repairs. Also, Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point closed in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards. So 9W is your best way around that. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate site parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC.
And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny today, our highs 39. The overnight low 30, mostly cloudy tomorrow. The high 46 right now, 21, mostly clear skies in Manhattan. Here's Frank Morano with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. At the closing bell yesterday, the Dow Jones lost 97 points, the S&P 500 lost 23, and the Nasdaq fell 214 points. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell warned that Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has already driven up oil prices, will likely further magnify the high inflation that has engulfed the U.S. economy. At the same time, Powell said he's committed to doing whatever it will take to slow inflation, underscoring the Fed's high-risk challenge in raising interest rates enough to stem price increases without tipping the economy into another recession. The Ito M5, the first car with Huawei's Harmony OS operating system, is set to begin deliveries at a ceremony on Saturday in Shanghai, according to an announcement on social media. Huawei has emphasized it will not make cars on its own, rather working with auto manufacturers on autonomous driving and other technology. The Ito M5 comes with a fuel tank to extend the battery's driving range and costs slightly less than Tesla's Model Y in China. And finally, Purdue Pharma reached a nationwide settlement yesterday over its role in the opioid crisis, with the Sackler family members who own the company boosting their cash contribution to as much as $6 billion in a deal intended to staunch a flow of lawsuits facing the maker of OxyContin. The deal follows an earlier settlement that had been appealed by eight states and the District of Columbia. They agreed to sign on after the Sacklers kicked in more cash and accepted other terms. In exchange, the family would be protected from civil lawsuits. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the Cats Roundtable. All right, Frank, thanks. And let's take a look now at... Dow futures this morning. The Dow Jones Industrial Average at 33,518, down 220 points. Also in the red, the S&P down 28. The Nasdaq's fallen 83. Gold's up $12.10 an ounce at $1,948. Crude at $109 a barrel and 84 cents, up $2.17 this morning. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News Time Check 550. A judge has rejected an effort by New York's attorney general to put the National Rifle Association out of business. The judge did allow Letitia James' lawsuit accusing top executives of illegally diverting tens of millions of dollars from the powerful gun advocacy organization to proceed, though. Here's James back in 2020 announcing the lawsuit. These individuals in the NRA are charged with failing to manage the NRA's funds and failing to follow numerous state and federal laws, which contributed to the loss of more than $64 million in just three years. Manhattan Judge Joel M. Cohen said, Allegations of misspending by NRA officials did not warrant the corporate death penalty that James sought. James accuses the NRA, its leader and top executives of greed and lacks financial oversight. The rate of black New York City residents hospitalized during the Omicron surge was more than two times higher than that of white residents. 
An analysis by the New York City Health Department finds that the racial disparity in the hospitalization rate was higher during the Omicron surge than during previous outbreaks. Dr. Dave Choksi is New York City's health commissioner. We won't be comfortable until we see uh, the numbers um, go in two directions. First, vaccination rates have to continue uh, to climb higher. And second, I want to see our case and hospitalization numbers decline further. The majority of people hospitalized for COVID-19 are non-vaccinated black individuals with lower vaccination and booster rates. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, admits it's a changed society due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The governor admits the pandemic has likely killed the traditional schedule of commuting to the office five days a week. Despite her admission, Governor Hochul, though, is urging a return to in-office work to spur economic recovery. The governor says the decline of COVID-19 and the lifting of mask mandates should encourage commuting and in-office work. February of this year was the deadliest month in New York City for traffic-related deaths since 2008, with running of red lights on the increase. A new report from advocacy group Transportation Alternatives finds a total of 23 pedestrians, cyclists, and motor vehicle users died on New York City streets last month. Now, that's double the rate from a year ago. According to this report, red light violations were up 50% in the second half of 2021 compared to 2019. The New York State Legislature, though, has capped the number of red light cameras at 150 and allow speed cameras to only be installed near schools, which turn off at night. A homeless man arrested on suspicion of racist attacks on seven Asian women in New York City within a span of two hours. 28-year-old Stephen Zajonk was arrested Wednesday in connection with the February 27th attacks. He'd barricaded himself inside of a bathroom at the New York Public Library, resulting in a standoff. He hurled N-words at cops during his arrest. The man is charged with assault as a hate crime, attempted assault as a hate crime, aggravated harassment, and harassment. Only one of the women attacked, who are 19 to 15, seven years old, required medical attention at a hospital. Zhang's own mother reportedly has a restraining order against her own son. The NYPD arrested a knife-wielding strap hanger who'd allegedly slashed another man who accidentally bumped into him at a Greenwich Village subway station. This happened Sunday. It's the latest in a string of subway violence. The suspect is identified now as 42-year-old Gabriel Hildago. Startling video released by the police captured the moment Hildago whipped out a large knife and lunged at a group of men on the stairs, slashing a 28-year-old man. The incident about 8 o'clock Sunday night at the West 4th Street, Washington Square subway station in Manhattan. Police say the victim was treated at the scene for a minor cut to his hand. And you can take a look at that video. It's up on our website, wabcradio.com. The career criminal charged in the Bronx feces attack bragged on social media about getting out of jail with no bail. 37-year-old Frank Abraqua also boasted that he'd shoot anything he could get his effing hands on. The, the PC scenario, you know, I don't want to sound educated. I want to sound as dumb as possible. The, the feces, that scenario, right, should keep every female in their right mind away from me. 
Abraqwa arrested for the February 21st attack in which he allegedly smeared his feces on a woman on a subway platform in the Wakefield section of the Bronx after she rebuffed him. Abraqwa was released in connection with the feces attack and in connection with a second arrest on hate crime charges because state law in New York prohibits cash bail from being set on any of those charges. Calls for bail reform have been rejected by state lawmakers, though, in Albany, New York. 77 WABC time check coming up on 556. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, our high near 39. The wind chill will make it feel like 15 to 25 degrees. Overnight, we have Partly cloudy skies in the forecast, the low dips down to 30. And on Saturday, mostly cloudy skies, the high near 46. Right now in Manhattan, we're holding steady at 21 degrees under mostly clear skies. WABC time check, 556. Let's head over to the traffic desk. Frank Diaz has a look at traffic and transit. Hey, Deb. Well, in the city, we still got the uh, both sides of the FTR drive uh, blocked right now, or rather with some traffic on both sides because of that fatal car fire that happened near 79th Street. We also have an accident blocking one lane on the Bruckner Expressway westbound after the Bronx River Parkway, seeing some stop traffic all the way back to White Plains Road. We've also got some stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on the BQE uh, eastbound between the Prospect Expressway and Cadman Plaza. If you're going, if you're coming into the city from Jersey, the inbound upper and lower level of the George Washington Bridge, as well as the Lincoln and Holland Tunnel, all looking pretty good at the moment. Heading over to the island, we're starting to see traffic pick up on the LIE westbound back up to exit 62. If you're coming into the city, also in comic on the LIE westbound between exit 53 and Route 110. you got some construction taking out two lanes over there. Heading into Hudson Valley on the New York State Thruway, I-87 northbound at exit 1. That off-ramp's closed over there due to some emergency water main repairs. Also on Route 218 between Cornwall and West Point is closed in both directions due to weather-related slide hazards. So 9W is your best way going around that. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with Traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. And again, 21 degrees, clear skies in Manhattan with your forecast from Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a sunny day. Our highs 39, the overnight low 30, partly cloudy overnight, mostly cloudy tomorrow, a bit warmer, the high near 46. 77 WABC time check coming up on 558. We're working our way to Bernie and Sid in the morning coming up at 6 o'clock right here on 77 WABC, the best morning show in New York. Rob Shutter is in studio with Bernie and Sid this morning. That comes along at 840. He's a gossip columnist, magazine editor, talk show host, and author. So you don't want to miss that interview with Rob Shutter again, 840 with Bernie and Sid. Jackie Martling comes along at 925. Of course, Jackie, stand-up comedian, writer, radio personality. You don't want to miss that again. That's at 925. 940, you can take Park Holland in the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie contest. 940 this morning, Monday through Friday during Bernie and Sid. 32 past each hour. Sid Sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. Don't miss Lydia Reports. That comes along during Bernie and Sid at 825 and 30 past each hour. The 77 WABC clip of the day. Joe Piscopo opines about Mr. Sinatra at his very best. You don't want to miss that again. That's 30 past each hour. 
77 WABC time check coming up at 559. And one more story to let you know about during the early news. The Israeli manufacturer and distributor for Ben & Jerry said Thursday that it is suing the ice cream maker and its parent company, Unilever, for unlawfully terminating their business relationship. Last summer, Ben & Jerry's announced it will no longer sell its products in the occupied Palestinian territory. Its Israeli distributor refused to comply, saying the move was illegal in Israel and the U.S. So Ben and Jerry said it will not renew the Israeli licensees agreement till the end of 2022. The boycott announcement came after heavy pressure campaign from anti-Israel and progressive activists. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Stay tuned for Bernie and Sid coming up at 6. Early News Monday at 5.00.